You are listening to the Advisor Solutions Podcast, Episode 17. Welcome to the Advisor Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Finley, President of Advisor Solutions. Which is easier to do? Ask a question or make a statement? Well, if you said make a statement, you're right. Making statements is easier because you're expressing what you believe to be the solution. And there lies the challenge. See, when you make statements, you're trying to sell people. Remember, people don't want to be sold, but they love to buy. But how do we get them to buy? We get them to buy when we ask the right questions. Let me explain what I mean. People won't buy unless they understand why. They won't understand why unless you ask the right questions. When we ask questions, we help people by taking them down a path to wanting your products and services because they come to that conclusion on their own. But I've got to ask you this question. Do you know exactly how to ask the right types of questions? Do you even map out your questions before you meet with a prospect or client? Or do you not map out questions at all? Well, if so, know this. You are not alone. Most financial advisors, insurance agents, wholesalers, branch managers, and even agency managers don't have a process for asking questions. And they don't even know it. And the reason they don't know it is because they don't even realize it. You see, they're too busy telling people what they know instead of asking people questions to help them make their own decisions. So what do you do? Well, you have two choices. You could keep doing what you're doing, and you'll most likely keep getting what you're getting. Or you could learn how to master questions-based selling. And that's what we're going to talk about today, how to master questions-based selling. So, if you want to learn a process to ask better questions, then stick around. So why this topic? Why would you want to learn how to ask better questions? Because unless you learn a process to ask better questions, to help people to want to buy You'll always be telling people what to do and what they should do. Really, what you're trying to do is sell. So how do we do this? Well, we do this by asking questions to help people to tell you their situation. And then we continue by asking questions to uncover the problem inside their situation and the implications of not fixing the problem. And get this. We do this by asking the right questions so that they tell you the value of your solutions. And that is what questions-based selling is all about. It's about helping people by asking the right questions. So what we're going to do today is we're going to learn three things in this podcast. First, the importance of questions-based selling so that you understand what questions-based selling really is. Second, the spin-selling process, so that you have an easy way of remembering the types of questions to ask and why. And third, how to take questions-based selling 
to the next level so that you can understand tools that can help you to master questions-based selling. Now, before we jump into these three things that you're going to learn today, I need to ask you a few questions. What would your business be like and your life be like, for that matter, if you knew exactly what types of questions you were going to ask people to help them to buy? Would you apply what you learn? Would you take your business to the next level? If the answer is yes, then let's begin. The importance of questions-based selling. We've all heard the old saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. I believe that financial advisors and insurance agents and wholesalers and so on, who do not close the sale, oftentimes find themselves with this kind of mentality. But I don't think it's your responsibility to, quote, make the horse drink, unquote. In other words, it's not your responsibility to make anybody do anything that they don't want to do. But I do think it is your responsibility to help the horse, or in this case, the prospect, understand why they're thirsty. And here's what I mean. Picture this. Picture that you have a horse, and you're out in a field, and it's a beautiful summer day, and it's actually hot. It's 95 degrees, and you want that horse to drink because you think the horse needs some water. But the horse doesn't want to drink because they don't think they need any water. But you jump on the horse, and you ride the horse around a field for a, an hour, and it's pretty hot and you lead that horse up to water, what do you think that horse is going to do on its own? You're right. It's going to drink. And you didn't have to do anything. Well, questions-based selling is kind of like that. But how do we do this? How do we accomplish this? Well, it's simple, but it's not easy. Questions typically create curiosity, which leads the prospect or client down a clear path of wanting your products and services rather than getting your products and services. So by shifting your focus from selling people your products and services to having people want to buy your products and services, you're creating a stronger relationship right at the beginning. And you're helping them because the prospect or the client understands the solutions that you're trying to provide because they came to that conclusion on their own. You see, questions-based selling is really about supplying you with a roadmap to help you ask the right questions to help them come to that conclusion to want to buy. You see, questions-based selling is not really so much about what questions to ask as it is more about how to ask the right questions. And that's what we're going to talk about today. You see, questions-based selling is really about recognizing the proper types of questions to ask. And there's a lot of types. In fact, it all starts off with closed-ended questions and open-ended questions. I'm sure you've heard of those. But what about situational-based questions, problem-based questions, implication-based questions, and needs-payoff questions? Have you heard of those? That's what's called spin selling. And in order to fully understand spin selling... You have to know what each type of question is all about and how to ask those types of questions. 
And that is what we're going to cover next. Understanding the spin selling process. So picture this. If you're driving in your car or you're on a walk right now, you can't do this. But if you're sitting down and you're in front of your computer, grab a piece of paper and a pen. What I want you to do is create a pyramid. (laughs) You'll understand what I mean in a second. So what you're going to want to do is you're going to create a pyramid and you're going to make a horizontal line about a third of the way up and then go another third of the way up make another horizontal line inside the pyramid. Now in that first little section at the bottom, write down foundation questions. We're going to talk about that in a second. And then above that, write down spin selling questions. We're going to talk about that next. And then above that would be mastering questions-based selling. And what that's about is putting this all together and using the right tools to help you master questions-based selling. So let's take a look at all three. First, let's talk about the foundation questions. You see, the number one solution for not understanding the types of questions to ask is simply to learn the different types of questions that are possible to ask. That's where we're going to start with, the foundation. So foundation questions. It's interesting to note that all questions are either Closed-ended questions or open-ended questions? You've probably heard of each type, but let me recap what they are in case you've never heard of them. Closed-ended questions are basically designed to elicit a closed-ended response, a yes-no response. And the way to ask closed-ended questions is simply to start the sentence out with is, would, could, should, do, did, does. So is, would, could, should, do, did, does. And here are some examples. Is this your business? Are you the business owner? (laughs) Do you have any employees? Do you have life insurance? Do you have a company plan? Would you like a second opinion on that company plan? I think you get the point. So remember, too many closed-ended questions at the beginning of a presentation should be avoided because there's only two possibilities. Either they say yes or no. And if you ask too many closed-ended questions at the beginning and they keep saying no, they might not see the value in speaking with you. (laughs) Open-ended questions. Open-ended questions open up the conversation. So what open-ended questions are really about are about eliciting that person to give you a response. And open-ended questions, as you probably know, all start out with these types of words. Who, what, why, where, when, and how. Who, what, why, where, when, and how. And so examples of this might be, what does money mean to you? When was the last time you had your portfolio reviewed? Why are you so heavily weighted in technology stocks? Who helps you pick the investments that you have? And so on. See, open-ended questions should be used often. And the reason you want to do that is so that you deepen the conversation. And you create a conversation that has a solid foundation. And most long-term relationships are formed out of utilizing open-ended questions. But don't get me wrong. The closed-ended questions have their place too. Their place is really to finalize a point. Does that make sense? 
That was an example of a closed-ended question. Understanding the spin-selling model. The four types of questions-based selling, questions. So before I jump in and explain what these four types of questions are, i got to tell you a quick story. Years ago, in fact, I think it was 2005, I was in a coaching session with a client. And we were in role play of a first appointment process because she said, you know, I'm not really getting to that second appointment, and I don't know why. So we role played, and she was the advisor, and I was the prospect, and I noticed something happening. She was telling me about herself, and she was telling me about her company, and she was telling me what I needed to do. But I wasn't connected. You see, she wasn't asking me anything, or not very many questions. The point of this story is is that as we were going through this role play, I stopped it, and I said, let's flip this around. You're missing asking questions. And so I started to explain to her what I would do, and, and I said, you know, it might be easier if I just show you. So I jumped in to role play. And I started off with a lot of questions to uncover her situation. And eventually I realized, you know, I hear some problems in this situation. So I jumped in and asked questions to get her to understand what I understood, that she had some problems. And then eventually I jumped into some questions to get her to tell me the results of not fixing the problem. And at the very end, I just asked her opinion on how do you think it would help me most if we got together next week so I could show you, and then I inserted the solutions. And she said, yeah. And what I realized was is that if I ask the right questions, I can take someone down a path to help them understand what I understand, what the challenges are, what the implications of not fixing the challenge, and get this, what my value is. So I explained it to her, and and she got it. And we role-played it again, and she was much better. And then... I went into the next session. In the next session, I explained the same thing. This is what I did, and I said to the guy, hey, i got to show you what I just created. And I explained the whole process to him. He said, Dan, that's been around for like 30 years. And I said, it can't be. I, I invented it 30 minutes ago. And he laughed, and he said, no, you need to read a book called Spin Selling. You see, there's a book by Neil Rackham called Spin Selling. And there's another one, the Spin Selling Field Book, And it explains in there four types of questions-based selling questions. And sure enough, he had invented it first. Although I don't don't even know if he invented it. The point is, is that once you understand these types of questions, it changes everything. And that is what we're going to look at next. So the first type of question is called situational based questions. These questions are designed to uncover facts, and you do these all the time. In fact, from day one, you've probably been asking situational-based questions, because most corporate questionnaires are designed around only these types of questions. Questions like this, are you the business owner? How long have you owned the business? How many employees do you have? Do you have a company plan? When was the last time you reviewed your company plan? Each one of these questions uncovers a fact. And and that's a good start, but it's a bad ending. You see, without 
asking deeper questions, you won't make a deeper connection. But you need situational-based questions or fact-finding questions to start off the conversation to understand their situation. Let's go to the second type of questions, problem-based questions. Problem-based questions obviously uncover the problems. And when you're asking situational-based questions and you start to hear the situation, you might already be thinking, I heard a problem. An example might be if you're sitting down with someone and you ask them, do you have a company plan? And they say no. And you might be thinking, well, that might not be good for your employees. See, you start to understand there might be a problem. But how do we do a problem-based question? Well, it's fairly simple. We simply ask questions to uncover the challenge, such as, does it concern you that you don't have a company plan? Or, hey, what keeps you up at night when it comes to your business? Or, what concerns you most about not having the right company plan? Or, what concerns you most about not being sure if your family's taken care of if anything were to happen to you? So my point with problem-based questions is that if you identify that there are some problems and you ask problem-based questions, they're going to tell you the severity of the problem. And they're going to tell you how they feel about not fixing the problem when you move to the next type of question. Implication-based questions. Implication-based questions are questions that help you uncover the possible effects of not fixing the problem. And here's an example. How would your wife be affected financially if anything were to happen to you today? Or what do you think would happen if you were taking too much risk in the, in the market and the market pulled back for three years? Implication-based questions help understand the pain point that they would have if the problem comes to fruition. Implication-based questions are a great way for them to tell you how they would feel if they had the problem. And here's the ironic thing. Sometimes they didn't even know they had a problem until they sat down with you. Let's go to the fourth way, needs payoff questions. Needs payoff questions are questions that help uncover your value, your value of the solutions. And so questions such as, how would it benefit you most if you had a detailed retirement plan? Or how would it be useful to know the effects of waiting five more years before you put money away for your son's college? Or how important is it for you to know that your children are financially taken care of if anything were to happen to you? So let me tell you a quick story about what happened to me when I applied this the first time. Now, granted, <laughs> you might think that this is only for adults. However, I walked into my sister's house one day and I saw my six-year-old niece playing with an exercise ball. And I knew I needed to do spin selling. So here's what I did. She's playing with an exercise ball, and she's playing with it right next to a statue. So I said to her, hey, what is that? And she said, it's my mom's new exercise ball. Great. 
<laughs> Does she usually keep it in the living room? No, uh-uh. She usually keeps it downstairs where she works out. Notice what I was doing. I was finding out the situation. I said, oh, okay. And she lets you play with it? Yeah. Yeah, she doesn't care. And she's bouncing this ball. It was killing me because it was right next to the statue. But I said to her, what concerns you most about hitting that statue? And she said, uh, I might get in trouble. I said, well, what do you think would happen if you broke it? And she said, I'd be grounded. So what do you think you should do? And she grabbed that ball in midair. She grabbed the ball. And she looked at me and smiled and she said, go downstairs and play with the ball. I said, exactly. And she walked away. See, I didn't tell her to do anything. I just asked the right questions. She came to that conclusion herself, and she went downstairs. So, what we're talking about is the second part of that pyramid. And now that you understand spin selling, what it is, let's talk about how to take questions-based selling to the next level. The top four spin selling tools. So over the years, I've created a number of tools to help financial advisors and insurance agents and wholesalers and so on be able to master questions-based selling. These are just four of the tools that I've created. Number one, the spin selling precursor cheat sheet. It's just a, a tool to help you memorize spin selling questions. Now, I mentioned that you shouldn't have to memorize questions, but know how to ask the right questions, and this helps you memorize what I call the precursors. What concerns you most? What do you think will happen if? How would it benefit you most? Are all examples of a problem, implication, and a needs payoff question. But when you learn how to memorize, let's say, 12 of these, or four different ways to ask the same thing for a problem-based question, implication-based question, and needs payoff question, you've got a lot of different options to choose from in a conversation. So having the spin selling precursor cheat sheet to memorize can help you master questions-based selling. Tool number two, the spin selling summary. This is a tool that's designed years ago to be able to summarize the answers that they heard. And so what this is, it's a way to write down all of your answers when you ask situational, problem, or implication-based questions and to write down the answers on a piece of paper so that all of the situational answers are all in one spot and all of the problem answers are all, are all in one spot and all of the implication-based answers are all in one spot. The point is, is when you've got a page or two or three pages of notes and you want to summarize what you heard, you can summarize the situation, the problem, and the implication. And by then, when you're ready to do the needs payoff question, how would it benefit you most if we got together this time next week so I could show you a financial plan that would help you to understand how much you'll need in retirement, what kind of income stream you'll have in retirement, and what happens if you never get to retirement? How would that help you most if you had that type of a, a plan? They're going to come back and say, that's exactly what I need. Well, then that's exactly what we'll do. Do you have any time at Tuesday at 3 or Wednesday at 4? Which one's better for you? And so it's a process to summarize the, the first appointment and help you 
to get the second appointment. And it works. Tool number three, the spin selling target market matrix. It's a simple tool that just basically takes a path from listing, situational listing, to a product or service that you provide. So an example might be, let's say that you heard someone say, well, I probably should talk it over with my business partner. Now, in your mind, you might be thinking, business partner, what can I do to help you with your business partner? And the answer or solution might be a buy-sell agreement. But how do you get them from point A, which you just heard, to point B, a buy-sell agreement? You use spin selling. And what this tool does is it maps out the entire conversation for you. So by the time you go into a meeting and you hear, I have a business partner, you know exactly what to do. Tool number four, the spin selling handling objections process. Now, in the previous podcast, I talked about handling objections. And I talked about three ways to handle objections. And I mentioned there's a fourth way, but I wasn't going to say what it was. And then I'd wait for another podcast. Well, now's the time. Spin selling, I realized over the years, spin selling can be used to handle objections. And here's how. When you hear an objection, you've got three ways to handle objections. The smokescreen technique, the objection resolution model technique, and feel felt found technique. But the fourth way is the spin selling technique. And all that is is to basically ask more questions to help take them down a path to realize that you've got a solution. So they might say, I have an advisor. And you might jump in and ask a situational-based question. How long have you had the advisor? Oh, probably five years. Great. Hey, what concerns you most about your relationship, if anything, about your relationship that you have with that advisor? I don't know. I mean, I don't really hear from him that often. Why is it? Why do you think they don't call you very often? I don't know. Well, what do you think is going to happen if the market, which has already gone down 20%, goes down even further and they don't call you? I'll probably be angry. Well, how do you think it would help you most if I got together with you and showed you my client servicing system? My, my clients know when I'm going to call them, and they know when we're going to meet, and they know what we're going to talk about. How do you think that would help you most if you at least saw my client servicing system? Yeah, it's probably something I should take a look at. Great. Then that's exactly what we'll do. Do you have any time at Tuesday at 3 or Wednesday at 4? Which one's better for you? Well, now that you understand the importance of questions-based selling, the spin-selling process, and the top four spin-selling tools, all you need to do now is just go apply it. And that is how you master spin-selling. Now, before we go, I want to tell you one last story. And it's a story that happened to me way back when I was a brand-new rookie. You see, years ago, I didn't realize the power of asking the right questions. And it's not completely spin-selling, but I want to tell you what happened. I was on my way to an appointment, and I was walking out of the office, and I had my briefcase, and one of my best friends in the office, he said, are you going off to a meeting? And I said, yeah. He said, well, good luck with that. And I said, well, he's probably going to have to think about it anyway. And he said, he will with that attitude. <laughs> I laughed, and I got in my car, and I thought about that the whole way there. That if I go there with the attitude that, 
He's probably not going to do anything. He probably won't. So anyway, I'm in the meeting with this guy, and he owned three funeral parlors. He was pretty wealthy. We went through all of the recommendations, and I was there for a long time. And believe me, he was ready to go. Well, he got interrupted right at the very end of my presentation. And there was a knock on the door, and one of his employees said, there's a family here that needs to see you. So he left. He said, I'll be right back. About 20 minutes later, I think, anyway, he came back in. Now I'll tell you, I had one piece of paper to show him, the very last page. And I thought for sure, he's not going to become a client. And I literally said a prayer before, or two, before he came back in. And he sat down, and he said, hey, we got to hurry this up. I, I got stuff to do. And I slid a piece of paper over to him, the last page. And I said, I just want to show you something here. And on that page was a pie chart. Actually, two. They were right next to each other. On the left was what he currently owned. On the right were my recommendations. And I looked at him and I said, you know, on the left is what you have right now, what you currently own. And on the right is what I explained to you. You've got 75% of all of your retirement in one mutual fund. And it's not even a good one. And what I'm recommending are six mutual funds. And they're all great. And they all complement each other. I got to ask, why do you want to take that much risk with your retirement money? And he looked at that piece of paper. And he looked at me and he slid that piece of paper over and said, I don't. Let's move the money over. And I closed the sale. The point of the story is, is that I did questions-based selling. And so can you. Well, thank you for listening to this Advisor Solutions podcast. If you liked what you heard, please be sure to subscribe so you can listen each week. Also, check us out on the web at advisorsolutionsinc.com. And finally, if you like what you heard and you want to know more about the Advisor Solutions Group Coaching Program or the Advisor Solutions Individual Coaching Programs, please email me at dan at advisorsolutionsinc.com. I would be happy to set up a free coaching session if that's what you'd like. Again, that's dan at advisorsolutionsinc.com. Please join us next week as we help advisors and agents build a better business, one solution at a time. Thank you.